You know, I was told that I needed, because of how awesome the stage looks, I was told I needed to come out to the stage kind of in a Mr. Rogers fashion. And so I actually looked for a sweater vest that I could wear today, and I don't own one. Now, I say that knowing that some of you are going to feel that I might have the need for one, and since Christmas is coming, some of you may find a way to sneak one to me, and I want to let you know Don't. I'm not interested in getting a sweater vest just so I can pull off a Mr. Rogers gig and I would never wear it any other time. But anyway, I thought that was a funny enough story to share with you. Today, we're starting a new series called Home for the Holidays, a new series where we're going to be talking about what it means to be stuck at home for the holidays and how to make the most of it. Now, I know some of you are going to be traveling and all of that stuff, and that's fine, but I know for all of us, home doesn't feel this year like it used to feel last year or the years before. Home this year is different for all of us. You know, when I married Jen, a lot of my ideas about home changed. When I grew up, Christmas time for us, for my family, was a very special time where we participated in a very special and specific Christmas Day tradition. For us, on Christmas Day, we would wake up early in the morning, my sister and I, and we would get our parents up, and we would go out into the living room, and we would do stockings and Christmas presents and all this kind of stuff. In fact, for us, we were allowed to do the stocking things before we woke up our parents, but then we would wake up our parents and do the rest of the stuff. And and my sister and I would enjoy Christmas together like that. But our special family Christmas tradition was right after presents were opened, All of us would go to our separate locations. I would go to my bedroom and play with my toys. My sister would go to her bedroom and listen to her new music or whatever it was that she was doing, I don't know. My mom would go to the kitchen and work all day to make us Christmas dinner. And I don't know what my dad did on Christmas Day because honestly, I never saw the rest of my family on Christmas Day. I was in my bedroom the whole time playing with my new toys or my computer thing or whatever else it was that I had. And so for me, Christmas was like that. It was a quiet time to be by yourself and just to enjoy some new experiences on your own. That was Christmas for me. Christmas for my family. Christmas at home was always a quiet, somewhat private affair. We never invited other people over to our house. We never went to other people's houses. I was in California. My grandparents were in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. All my cousins were in Pennsylvania and New Jersey, except for one cousin family that was sometimes in Minnesota sometimes in California, and so there were a couple times that we saw them at Christmas, but by and large, most Christmases, it was just the four of us, me, my dad, my sister, and my mom, and we spent most of the day in private on our own. Now, my wife, Jennifer, grew up in a family that did Christmas very, very differently. In her family, Christmas Eve, they would open presents. Christmas morning, they might open up some other things like stockings or whatever. But then they spent the majority of Christmas morning getting dressed and prepared to go to a variety of different houses, usually two different houses from each side of her family. First her mom's side and her, then her dad's side later. And so they would go and they would have a massive lunch at Grandma One's house. And Grandma and Grandpa 
one's house. And then they would go to grandma and grandpa two's house in the afternoon and the evening. And at each place, there would be 30 or 40 people there. And so for her, Christmases were a mass of food all day long, a mass of people all day long, loud noisy people all day long. They'd be playing card games and in the kitchen area while food was being eaten and prepared. There would be kids in the living room watching television or adults in the living room watching television. There'd be kids everywhere, outside, indoors, upstairs, downstairs, making all kinds of noises. For Jennifer, Christmas Day was traveling to a place of cacophony and then late in the evening traveling back to the place where they would sleep. And the amazing thing is that on Christmas Day, each of our experiences could be described as home. For her, that's what home felt like on Christmas Day. Because see, home, when it comes to something like Christmas, isn't the place where you sleep. Home is the place where you belong. The place where it feels like everything sort of just matches. In fact, that's kind of the idea for today's message, that home is where you belong. Whether it's home or away, whether it's at your house or somewhere else, home is where I belong. Now, for my wife and I, we didn't just have different growing up Christmas experiences, We, as a result, had different Christmas desires when we were first married. I remember that for the first few years of our marriage, we lived in Denver, and so it was very difficult for us to do the both sides of the family thing. And so there was a Christmas where we would drive out to California, or there might be a Christmas where we would drive back to Indiana and hang out with Jen's family. But I remember when we finally, when I finally got my first real job as a pastor in Chicago, we were living in a little apartment there in Chicago, and our very first Christmas, we had Charlie, who was almost two years old, and I was thinking to myself, what I really want is a quiet Christmas day. You know, one of these private, almost alone time Christmas days. Uh, the night before was my first Christmas Eve service to do as a pastor, and uh, grandparents, my mother and father-in-law, came to our house to hang out with us for Christmas Eve, and we had Christmas Eve dinner with them. Jen made some Cornish game hens of questionable doneness, and we also had some lemon poppy seed cake that a family in the church had given to us. And at the end of the evening, Jen and I had some of the cake, but her mom and dad didn't. They needed to get back home. And the plan was on Christmas Day that we were going to drive out to their house and do the full family thing on both sides of the family. And it was going to be the big Christmas thing like my wife had grown up experiencing. But I just wanted kind of a quiet day. And you know what? God gave me my desire. Because at about 4 a.m. on Christmas Day, shortly after Santa had done his work in our house, Jen and I got violently ill. 
And I have no idea if it was the somewhat done Cornish game hens or the lemon poppy seed cake, but to this day, we both have a hesitation eating either of those items because, as a matter of fact, it also happened the next Christmas, not with the game hens, but with the same lemon poppy seed cake. Not the same cake, but a new one that had been given to us by that same family. It's an it's a interesting... Anyway, the point is, we got so sick and it lasted for three days, we couldn't go anywhere or do anything. We definitely had a quiet Christmas. Charlie, who was almost two, opened up a present, and then we just let him play with that present for hours. In fact, it took us three days to get over the sickness, but also three days to finish opening up all the presents. And on the fourth day, he was like, open presents? And it was we had to say, no, Christmas is over by now. But the point of it is that both of us had totally different home experiences when it came to Christmas. And you know, I know you're home right now. I mean, there are like four people in the room here, but most of you are home right now. And you're probably thinking to yourself, but it doesn't feel like home because your house has become your school. It has become for many of you your workplace. And it has become for all of you your church. And so it doesn't feel like home. So what does home even mean anymore? Well, I said home is where you belong, but where do you belong anymore? It's my hope over the next couple of weeks to help you make your home better, to help you make your home feel like home for the holidays, and to help you realize where you truly belong so that where you are can feel like home. What we're going to do today is we're going to talk about two people who were homeless, Now, it's interesting, and it's perfectly appropriate that we deal with this question today because the major two players in the Christmas story are Mary and Joseph. And the most important thing you need to realize for yourself and for me at this time of the year is that Mary and Joseph became homeless at the beginning of the story. In fact, the beginning of the story is all about these two people who are refugees in a large sense and had no real home of their own. But it begins long before the journey to Bethlehem. Let me show you. We're going to look at Mary, we're going to look at Joseph, and I'm going to show you each of them without a home. The story begins for us in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth, now remember, Elizabeth is Mary's cousin who is really old, but she has just become pregnant and she will give birth to John the Baptist. But it says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. You're familiar with this story, I know. So let's keep going. It says, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High." The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. 
Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. You know, I talk about this story almost every Christmas. And there's one aspect of the story that never gets old to me. It's this idea that Mary had her life in front of her. She had her plans laid out. She was going to be married to Joseph, who was a descendant of David. He was a significant man. He was a carpenter in Nazareth. Nazareth at the time was going through a massive construction phase. And so as a result, carpenters were among the wealthiest people back then. The idea of Mary and Joseph being this impoverished family is not necessarily true. Joseph was probably fairly wealthy at some point in their life. In fact, it might have been at this point, or it could have been later because the building boom in Nazareth, we're not exactly sure when it happened, but it was happening around this time. We don't know if Joseph would have been a recipient of any of that stuff. In fact, he's not even sa- it's not even said that he lives in Nazareth here. The point is that Mary has her life in front of her. All her plans are laid out and she's probably looking forward to them until the angel says you're getting pregnant before you're married. And for a woman back in that culture in that time, that was a death sentence. She could have been stoned by the religious leaders of the day. Because if she was found to be pregnant and she had not been married yet, well, there's only one conclusion to what she's been up to. And so her life is now going to be threatened, but she says, may your word to me be fulfilled. I'm the Lord's servant. If this is what God wants for me and for my life, then I'm willing to walk that journey. And so I pay a lot of attention to that, but there's one part of it that I don't pay much attention to. And that part comes up next, where you see, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. The big question is, why has she left her hometown to go to be with Elizabeth, her relative? Well, one reason perhaps is that it's in the hill country. It's away from the hustle and the bustle of the Nazareth life. One reason is that she's now pregnant and it's possible that her father has kicked her out of her home. One reason is that she is just afraid of her life that someone else might attack her and so she's gone to a long distance location. But here's the thing. We don't know exactly why Mary left. What we know is she was no longer home. She left home. The angel says, you're going to be pregnant. At some point, she gets pregnant. But it says to us that right at the beginning of this whole story, she hurries away. She is now homeless. She's living with a relative. Yeah, she has a roof over her head. But that's not home. She's in exile. And she stays there three months before she returned home. The question, though, is why does she return home? What is it that allows her to get back home? But before we can answer that, we have to acknowledge this truth, that it's all because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, Mary had to leave home for a while. Because of Jesus, she didn't have her normal place of belonging. Because of Jesus, she was away 
from what was normal. And so the first Christmas begins with a complete disruption of what's normal. At Christmas time, we have all these traditions, traditions that allow us to do the same thing year after year and get used to those things and feel comfortable with those things. Traditions like what foods we eat, how we celebrate the day, who we see on those days. Those traditions are things that we do every single year to make Christmas feel like a special day, but it's a normal Christmas. The thing is that for Mary and for Joseph, as we'll see in just a little bit, the first Christmas was anything but normal. You take normal, you strip it away from you, and there you have the first Christmas. There you have the birth of Jesus. When Jesus enters the world, normal leaves. At least for a little while, she had to leave home. But then again, the question, why does she go home after three months? What changed in those three months? Well, I have an idea But we don't get it from the book of Luke. We get it from the book of Matthew. And this is what I think happened during those three months where she was away. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. People knew she was pregnant. And Joseph heard it. Because Joseph, her husband, now notice he has called her husband. Because back in those days, when you were pledged to be married, that meant that the marriage had happened legally, but it hadn't happened socially. You hadn't come together. There was about a year-long process between the legality of the marriage and the two people actually coming together to live in the same place. And so now it's in that in-between time. You could think of them as being engaged, but it's an engagement that can only be broken by divorce. But it says, her husband was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So he says, I think I want to send her away. Maybe one of the reasons she went away to Elizabeth's house is that Joseph is contemplating the divorce, and they needed an excuse to have her be away from Joseph for a period of time. I don't know. What I know is he had in mind to keep her away from public disgrace, and therefore to divorce her quietly so that somehow she would be out of the public eye. But the angel says to him, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Now there's this word home that shows up twice. The angel says, take Mary home. Joseph takes Mary home. But the thing you have to realize is that when Joseph takes Mary home, it's now no longer Joseph's home in the way he wanted it to be. See, Joseph's home was the place that he was preparing for his wife to come. But now... There's a woman living with him who's legally his wife, but because he doesn't want to do anything to potentially jeopardize what people would say about this child to be born, he does not consummate the marriage with her. It's a marriage where the two of them are not sleeping in the same bedroom. 
That's not a normal marriage. That's not a normal home. That's not the home he was expecting. And so in many respects, Joseph was also without a home. Because now his home is not a home anymore. His home is a hotel for a pregnant woman who's carrying a child that's not his. And he's just going to hang out in this place with her for a while until this baby is born. And then he can actually consider her his wife. And then they can join each other and sleep in the same bedroom and have all the kinds of marital kinds of relationships that married people are supposed to have. But for them, now they are wife and husband kind of, but not the way Joseph had anticipated. You see, because of Jesus, you could say that Joseph also lost his home for a while. Because of Jesus, both of these people's homes were upended. Their feeling of belonging was upended. A number of years ago, my wife and I had a college kid living in our house for one year. Um, he contacted me because of our church website. He wanted to come to town. He's a Christian, and his family was Christian. They wanted him to stay with someone, and he asked me if I could find some place to stay, and I talked to Jen, and Jen and I were like, okay, we'll let him stay with us. We've got a guest room we're not using, and so he stayed with us. He's a cool kid, a weird kid in some respects, but a really cool guy. I liked him. He helped us out with the forming of this church. It was really kind of fun having him around, but at the same time for that whole year, it didn't feel like home for us because there was always someone else there who wasn't part of the home from the previous year. And so as a result, it wasn't normal. Even though it was fun, it wasn't normal. And as a result, it just never really felt like home in the same way. I'm imagining you're feeling that right now. You're home, but it's not normal. And I just want to remind you that Mary and Joseph are in the same place, and it's because of Jesus. You might be blaming it on COVID. You might be blaming it on your workplace or some governmental thing or something. But the bottom line is Mary and Joseph could blame it on Jesus. It's because of Jesus that their life wasn't normal anymore. But you know, Mary knew something deep down in her heart. Mary wrote a song while she was living at Elizabeth's house. And the book of Luke preserves that song for us. I'm going to share with you just a few lines from it. Mary sang this song, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. The thing about this song that is so powerful is the recognition that Mary, away from home, away from normal, Mary, questioning her future, not knowing if she's actually going to get married to this man Joseph or not, if he's going to take her home or not, if she's going to have to live the rest of her life in the hill country of Judea. Mary, this woman with all kinds of uncertainty, with all kinds of not normal living. Mary, a homeless refugee in many respects is glorifying the Lord, is rejoicing because of God, is mindful of the fact that God is mindful of her. And she says, people will call me blessed. In the midst of her downness, she is viewing herself as blessed because the Mighty One has chosen great things for her. You know, for a lot of us, we face this circumstance. 
in our life today and wonder, what is God up to? What is he doing? Life is so not normal. And there's so much of our temptation to try to make things normal. We're going to try to find ways to be with family, even though someone might tell us we shouldn't. And we're going to try to find ways to make Christmas normal, even though we all know it's not. And so there's a lot of things that we want to somehow make normal because normal feels like home. But I want to remind you of what Mary knew. Mary knew that she could rejoice because home for her was just wherever God was, wherever God wanted her to be. Because if Mary was where God wanted her to be, then she was where she belonged. I want to encourage you to take that same approach. The same approach that Mary had. It's summarized in this one little line from the beginning of her song. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Do you realize that your soul can be at home wherever your body is? Do you realize your soul can be at peace wherever your body is? Do you realize your soul can be experiencing joy wherever your body is? Because your spirit can rest, can rejoice, and can experience the peace of being in God, your Savior. Home is just being with God wherever he wants you to be. That's where you belong. You know, when I got married my whole notion of home changed. I shared with you my notion of Christmas had to be changed, but my notion of home changed as well. When Jen and I first got married, there was a period of time when I called Peoria, Illinois home. It only lasted for three months, maybe even two, but you know what? To this day, there's a part of my heart that still thinks of Peoria, Illinois, University Street, across the street from the fairgrounds, There's a part of my heart that still considers Peoria, of all places, to be home. You know, there's a part of my heart that still considers a little 900-square-foot apartment on Denver Seminary's campus to be home. You know, there's there's a part of my heart that still considers a tiny little house, a duplex, in Castle Rock, Colorado, to be home. There's a part of me that views that two flat in Chicago as home. And there's a part of me that views a tiny little apartment that I only spent one month in here in Lafayette as home before we moved into our house that I now call home. And you know why all those places felt like home to me? It's because in every one of those places, I was with Jen. Because the day that we got married, suddenly home for me was not California or Indiana. Suddenly home for me was not Chicago or Colorado. For me, home was wherever she was. Wherever she is to this day is still home for me. And so no matter where I am, as long as I know where she is, I can feel at home knowing that she's there. Listen, I know some of you are facing the hardship this Christmas season of having a loved one who is no longer home, a loved one you can no longer be physically present with. 
And maybe that's making you feel like you can't be home, you can't go home. But I just want to encourage you, I just want to let you know that the point I'm trying to make is not that my home is with Jen as much as it is to say my home is truly with God. And as long as I'm with him, that's my home. As long as I'm where he wants me to be, that's my home. As long as I'm secure in him, then I am home. And so my emotional life on this earth is something that you can relate to. I feel home when I'm with my wife. But more than that, I am home when I'm with my God. And I want us to experience that this Christmas season. I want us to go home for the holidays. And I want us to be people who recognize that no matter where I am or what's going on, if I'm with God, I'm where I belong. And that's home. Listen, we've got a lot of things that we're concerned about. We've got a lot of things that we're worried about. Me, you, all of us. But no matter where I am or what's going on, if I'm with God, I'm where I belong. And that's home. I want to encourage you to spend some time over these next few weeks in prayer, to spend some time over these next few weeks reading God's word, to spend some time over these next few weeks having relationship with the family you can, however you can, in a way that draws all of you back to an attention on God. Because guess what? No matter where you are or what's going on, if you're with God, then that's where you belong. And that's home. Let me pray for you. Thanks for listening to this message from Lafayette Community Church. We are all about helping you live the life you were made to live. God made you. God loves you. And his plans for you are perfect. So if you are anywhere near Lafayette, Indiana, join us this weekend at one of our worship gatherings. And wherever you are, check us out online at lafayettecommunitychurch.com.